Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello! And we're back, bitches! Yeah, and like those dinosaurs that were back. In Jurassic something? No, in We're Back, a dinosaur story. Is that an actual movie? It is. I think it's a Don Bluth movie. No, that's the thing with uh, Land Before Time. No, it's called We're Back. It's like dinosaurs in like in their New York City in modern. You're thinking, of, yeah, no, this is dinosaurs like running around New York City. Wait, is this part of that whole dinosaur porn genre? No. Okay. This is no. This is not about dinosaurs pounding people in the butt. And welcome to our birthing <laughs> podcast. By the way, we've been away for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it wasn't my fault this time. <laughs> whose fault was it? You, know, you were in. Well, whose fault was it? Yours, because you got sick. I did get sick. Actually, it's our but godchild's that was weak, fault. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, that was last week. It's not like we've been gone for a long time. Well, that we, we were due for another podcast, and sure. then you got all stuffy, and right. I probably could have gotten you to do it on cold medicine, sure. and it would have been I fine. I certainly would have, yeah. But the, the problem is, is that I don't like listening to people when they're stuffy. I'm sorry, all my right. friends who are radio personalities. When you're sick, I really don't like listening to We're coming to up on drive time now. We're coming up on drive time Brad now. Brad-dead. Brad-dead. So anyway, we're back. Thank you. Um, <laughs> PSA. If you have an issue with swearing, you may not want to be on this podcast, listening to this podcast. Oh, I thought I was going to get to leave. No. <laughs> you may not want to listen to this podcast, and you may not want to be on the internet. Just just an FYI. All right. That was random. Thank you for that warning. No, no. I, I got someone on the Facebook page. It's like, why do you have to be so crass? Why do you have to say motherfucker? And I was like... What the fuck are they talking about? I don't know. And I, and I thought... Do you not know that people swear? Yeah. You know, that's the fun of doing podcasts is that... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about shaft. Yeah. Yellow shaft and flickers. But I'm like, this is, this is, it's, I'm not right, on public listen. radio like, right it now. Says, it says explicit in the description. I, I think know. it's far more annoying that this cockatiel Are knows. you a birder who swears? No. You are, you swear, but you're not a birder. That's right. So you're a coyote-er. I'm a coyoter. A coyote-er. Kayaker. I'm a coyater. You're, you're, no, you're a coyote-er. Yeah. I'm a mammaler. A mammaler. Yeah, we went we went a for a, a walk before we, we did the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious because a jogger passed us. He did. And then we see him ahead of us, and I noticed him grabbing sticks. and kind He was of walking. carrying like a huge... I thought he was trying to move it out of the way of the path. I saw him pick it up and then mm. kind of walk backwards and keep looking. And, I th- and I, I, like you, I thought he was trying to move it out of the path. But then sure. he started walking towards us and looking at other sticks. And I, I just, out of habit, I was like, I'm just going to hold my spotting scope so if I need to start swinging, I'm ready. Yeah, I didn't know what... I didn't. I certainly <laughs> didn't feel uh, endangered. Uh, yeah. Was, I was ready to protect you, baby, if he was you. going to I attack. I appreciate that. But then he comes over and asks if we've seen coyotes. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've seen coyotes in here before. Right. And apparently he had seen three and was mm-hmm. nervous. And then I realized, oh, you're picking up these... Because the stick he had was huge. It was a big stick. It was not like a club. It was like... No, but it was a big... It was, the branch was no, as it long was, as he was. No, what I'm trying to say is it was unwieldy. Like, yeah, if an animal, like, if a dog came at him, this would not be an effective weapon. No, it was too no, big. No, and he was, he was like, what are we supposed to do? Make ourselves look really big? And I'm thinking... These coyotes here, they're they're used to us. Yeah. They're just they're You're really okay, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And so we keep going. And and you haven't seen the coyotes in the No, I before. haven't. I was rather put out that this guy was trying to get rid of them. <laughs> so we get to a point 
And all of a sudden, I start hearing screaming. Yeah. And these ladies are coming the opposite direction with their adorable pit bull. And they're like, oh, there he goes again. And I said, oh, is that the guy who's scared of coyotes? Yes. So and so I thought, well, maybe he'll work them this way. And yeah. then I got to my spot where I usually get good sparrows. Mm-hmm. And I started pishing. And then, boom. There was the coyote. There was a coyote. I pished up a coyote for you. That was a good sized coyote. That was a good size. That was bigger than the coyote that I usually see in yeah. that area. So well, he made it through the winter. He's probably because yeah, one no, of those kai wolves. Yeah, no, he was a good sized dog. He was, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was a little nervous when he started going to the woodpile where all the fox sparrows were. Mm-hmm. I'm like, keep moving. Go, go for the mice. Yeah. Go for the rats. No, he was having a he was having a look around. He didn't seem to be particularly interested in the birds. But he was yeah. definitely sniffing stuff. Oh, I was sure. very interested well, in the rabbit. But. Looking some for yeah, looking for something to eat. But uh, yeah, he flushed a rabbit. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was fun. Yeah, it was. You're a coyote. Or... I like coyotes. All right, well, there is so much stuff to talk about. I'm not sure how much of this we're gonna get through. Well, let's just give up now. <laughs> we talked about coyotes. I think that's enough. All right. Well, let's start here. Audubon had an article. Mm-hmm. The quest, and actually, I'm just going to say, I've been waiting for these series of articles to come out. Not that I had a lead on Audubon or anything, but I knew once people started going ape shit about going to Cuba, that this was coming. The quest for the ivory-billed woodpecker heads to Cuba. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It sounds like a TV movie from the 80s. <laughs> What's this? We've got... It's like, we're going to do an hour and a half special set in Cuba. Let's go. Well, so it is Tim Gallagher, who wrote The Grail Bird, who was with Bobby Harrison uh-huh. when they uh, reportedly saw one in Arkansas. Right. That set off the whole sure. ivory bill heard around the world. And mm-hmm. I did some surveys down there. And it's also uh, Marchin... Oh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Lamertink. And I, I've met him, okay. but he is... Uh, he's an ornithologist... From the Netherlands, I think. I should probably check that. <laughs> if only there was some sort of global database <laughs> that you could check instantly. Perhaps before this podcast started. I don't know. I don't want to, you know. He's Dutch, yes. Okay. I was correct. I was correct. All right. I just all of a sudden, I, I, it's a struggle for me to call him Lammertank and not Lammergeier. Mm-hmm. Which is a bird. Which sure. is, you're not allowed to call that bird that anymore. I, I had someone like... Tell me I was being very offensive when I called it that bird. I'm like, that's what a lot of the field guides say. Well, we're trying to change it to the bearded vulture. What's wrong with Lammergeier? Lammergeier translates to, like, lamb killer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So the problem is not that it translates to an offensive name like a racist human name. Like what was it like the old squaw like you oh, talked yeah, about we don't for that? Call, yeah, we no, don't no, call no. That it's the it makes the bird look bad. Oh god. Well, oh, these my head. vultures are are persecuted in certain <laughs> sure. countries. They're poisoned, they're killed, and and the bearded vulture is one that is uh, suffering from these effects. So they're they're trying to right. get a good PR campaign going for these birds. So let's call it the bearded vulture, not the lamb killer anymore. Okay. Because it doesn't it does not fly up with with do people live know, lambs and drop them in the air. They fly up with bones and do drop people them know in the air. what lammergeier means in this country where they're trying no. to protect this? No. It doesn't. Okay. No, no. But if you go over to Europe, oh, you know man. what lammergeier means. Yeah, but I mean, does they do they know what it means in this country where it's trying to be protected? Oh yeah. Oh, okay, okay, all right. We're, I, it's just okay. Fair enough. Yeah, right. yeah, That's... yeah, yeah. But I, I said it. I said it last year, and I think Dale was, was like, "I would never use that term. That term is terrible." And I was <laughs> did, just like, did, "Did he fall onto his fainting couch? <laughs> did his monocle pop off?" Actually, he looked at me the way I looked at the Brits when they were telling me about the spotting scope they really loved. Yeah. 
and I am just going to apologize for what this is called, because and I told them why it's offensive. Because, <laughs> right. but there is a spotting scope that you can buy in the UK called the Mighty Midget. Oh, okay. And I was like, and I looked at them the way Dale looked at me mm. when I said Lammergeier. I was like, you can't use that term. Sure. Why not? And I was like, and I was trying to yeah. explain to them about little people and how offensive that term is, and they they were like, no way. And I was like, yeah, if that product tried to make it over in the US, it would it would not go over well. So hey, terms we're not supposed to use. All right. Anyway, Lammertank. Anyway, Ivory Bills. Ivory Bills Woodpeckers. Ivory Bills. Cuba is the place to go for. And as I understand it, you want to go around Guantanamo Bay. Great idea. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. Perfect idea. But anyway. Good one. You can, you can follow the adventures of Gallagher <sighs> and Lamertink in Cuba. Oh, gosh. One of the great comedy duos of all time. I was thinking this was more like a mystery. That's a sure. mystery team right there. Their 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 thing is no, they're searching you know for an ivory it, no, bill. They're Gallagher, gonna be solving it, murders in Cuba. No, Gallagher and Lambertink is like the name you see on like when you go to like the artisano shop and they're selling you those like old timey mints that taste absolutely terrible. It's like that's the name <laughs> I was like Gallagher and Lambertinks. Ham hand minted. Hand minted <laughs> mints. <laughs> Taste of pork and onion finally in a mint. So brace yourselves for a lot of pictures of equipment and trees. Okay. Because that's what happens with ivory bills. Unless they actually get an ivory bill, and then there'll be footage. Well, I hope isn't there supposed to be one, not, not like an American ivory bill, but like the Cuban, the non-Mexican, <laughs> the non-Union uh, Cuban equivalent of, a, of yeah, an there, ivory bill down there? Yeah, there's supposed to be a population, but I, I don't think it's been seen as recently as okay. as they have been in the U.S., but... Anyway, I, somebody, I, I was kind of mentioning this story, and someone's like, oh, I can't wait till the doubters come out of the woodwork. And then I started to remember, you remember Tom Nelson back when the whole Ivory Bill heyday was happening? And he was no. like, the, he was just, it was back when blogs were a thing. And he had the blog called the Ivory Bill Skeptic. And oh, was that getting, I do remember. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, but I just remember, like, kind of making fun of him and, and getting emails from him saying, Hey, you should respect me. David Sibley reads my blog. I'm like, that's great. I'm sure a lot of people read your blog. <laughs> cool story. Anyway, so brace yourself for skepticism and people wondering if there is. Anyway, you can go to... So now uh, when they go down there, are they going to collect samples? Are they going to kill the bird to prove that it exists? I don't imagine that these two will be doing that. Okay. I'm sure there will be... Some, if, if there's a population down there, some ornithologist mm. is going to have to go down there and kill it because... oh. Sure. Wait, no, because there was that story. A U.S. one isn't going to do it. No, 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 no. The... It was ten years ago this very night. No, there was, I was reading this article from, I think, the National Science Foundation about uh, the part of the U.S. government that grants permits for mm-hmm. collections that they've uh, stopped issuing collection permits this year. Right, well, they wouldn't do that because it's Cuba, so... That's true. Yeah, I don't know. In in theory, the bird would have to be collected. I'm not going to touch that with the ten. Mm-hmm. Actually, they have to find the bird first. Sure. So I All hope right. they do find it. I love Tim very much. Mm-hmm. I hope I know how much he would, uh, how much it would mean to him to find one. But you can you can check it out. You can follow their adventures. In over at National Audubon. It's kind of, right. I guess this is going to be the thing. Last year it was Noah Stryker. Audubon was having his blog. This year it's going to be Lammer Tink and Gallagher. Oh, now he gets top billing. Oh, just moving it around a little bit. All right. Next story. 
Do we have a next story? We do. We do. I was just trying to figure out a, a good transition right. for the next story. Actually, actually, we should take this moment to say a thank you to our sponsors for this oh, particular podcast. So we have two sponsors to for this. your sponsors, by the way. I don't get any of this stuff. No, you actually don't. You could get some yeah. of this stuff if you actually like to go birding. God, no. Um, so we have, you know, the, one of these companies would be very happy to organize a, a wings and whiskey tour yeah. if you wanted to go burning Just, all right get to okay. this get to so the our sponsors. two sponsors this week number one is Wildside nature tours if you followed me on instagram recently we had a trip down to honduras down to pico benito lodge mm-hmm. Wildside helps book local guides they hook you up with a fun tour or a tour host someone like me or mm-hmm. uh greg miller of big year fame and uh, you can go on wonderful trips. And as a matter of fact, if you like trips, there is a great trip coming up to Israel this November uh, where we can go see thousands of cranes and migrating kites and Sweet. eagles and storks. And, you know, look at it this way. Anytime you hang out with birders and they've been traveling, they all talk about going to Costa Rica. Everybody goes to Costa Rica. How many birders do you know go to Israel? Uh, one. Well, you know one. I know a few, but anyway. Well, actually, two, didn't Bill Thompson? I know Bill Thompson. Oh, that's true. You do know Bill Thompson. Yep. So I know two. You know two. Yeah. So anyway, come with come with me to Israel. It's full of culture. It's full of birds. We'll see really ancient stuff. We'll have a good time. I'll build in some naps into the itinerary. <laughs> Well, awesome. That's my thing. Good. <laughs> so, uh, and if my trip doesn't sound appealing to you, then definitely check out some of the other offerings. Wildside nature nature tours go all over the place. They go to Rio Grande Valley. They go into Central America. Check them out. And then our other sponsor today, it's another travel company. What, what, what? Okay. It is Holbrook Travel. All right. Holbrook Travel uh, specializes in all kinds of tours. They specialize in tours to Cuba, actually. Oh. Actually, uh, I, I might actually be looking in at doing a tour to Cuba Are next year. Are you allowed year. to specialize in tours? I thought you, how can I you shouldn't specialize? say specialize, but they, yeah. have, they do right. run tours to Cuba that yep. are safe, that will get you there. Uh, I'm holding out for airlines before. I want, I want better airlines, cheaper airlines, safer airlines before I'm going to go to Cuba. But anyway, Holbrook Travel, safe. They do a lot of birding tours. You can... Go with them all sorts of places. You can go with me next March to Belize. Still staying away from Costa Rica. Not that I... Not that I'd have no aversion to going to Costa Rica, I just haven't been yet. But we could go to Belize, and this trip is specifically for digiscoping. So if you want to know how to hone your digiscoping technique, sign up over at Holbrook Holbrook Travel uh, for the Belize tour with Eagle Optics. And I will show you how to master your smartphone, and you'll go home with great pictures of parrots and golden-hooded tanagers. Sweet. All right. All right, next news story. Next news story. Apparently someone's eating bald eagles in Minnesota. It's not me. (laughs) <laughs> no, but I got this. Is story. that a food truck? A food truck. Well, it's, if it is, it's an illegal one. But I got this story from uh, Outdoor News, uh, where I occasionally write. The editor sent it to me mm. uh, because he noticed the story because the bird was found in a plastic bag, mutilated. Mm. But he said the bird was found quote breasted out. Mm, Which is, sure. you know, if you go grouse hunting or duck hunting and you just want the breast meat to eat, that was what was taken out oh. of The bird uh, was also missing a talon and a drumstick. So, someone out there. I would not recommend eating bald eagle. I can't imagine that they taste good. I mean, uh, also a part that it's super illegal. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's completely it's super, super illegal. Plus, they're, you know. Devil's super secret illegal. They're, they're a scavenger and a predator, so you got to worry about lead content. And, like, you know, they're the things that are in there as well. Well, but, if um, they have consumed some lead, they don't live very long anyway. Yeah. But. So, do they have any leads? Has there been any progress on this uh, 
Do they know how the bird was killed? I assume it was shot. I assume it was shot too. I didn't yeah. see that in the story, but uh, maybe that's why they breasted it out. Maybe they wanted to get make sure that there was no lead trace. Yeah, Whatever. maybe. I don't. Maybe they found a, a an injured bald eagle. I don't know how it happened, yeah. but uh, okay. Well, let's. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. So it's, if you know someone who's eating bald a, eagles, call U.S. Fish and Wildlife. It's upsetting because it's illegal, but bald eagles are not really endangered. I think it's more upsetting because it's the national symbol. Oh yeah, it's yeah no. I mean, it's like po- well, I mean, it is poaching. It's not like poaching. No, it it's is not poaching. like poaching. It is. It's these poaching. people who are you know shooting the birds and then trying to sell the feathers. It's no. It's it's. I'm not happy about this. Uh, I think it's a you know it's a bizarre story. So I have a certain morbid curiosity about who this person is, and I hope they get caught, but yeah, it's kind of I, I just think it's, it's probably weird. someone who's just like, you know what's badass? Eating the national yeah. symbol. I'm gonna eat it. Take that, feds. Sure. Yeah. So, All right. Anyway. Weird story. Weird story. Weird people. Mm. Let's see, what else is going on this week? Oh, oh, speaking of birds, uh, and birds getting in trouble. <laughs> okay. There is a red-tailed hawk out there that just gives no fucks. <laughs> okay. This is, I don't know, I posted this story and some people are like, oh, that's so sad, that poor hawk. Uh, there mm. is a red-tailed hawk flying around that has an arrow through it. Mm. And yeah, it has been that. surviving over a month. And they can't catch it because it can fly. And it's clearly able to hunt because, right. you know, it wouldn't still be alive and flying sure. around. But, I mean, how badass is that? That you are yeah, a red-tailed I mean, hawk. You have been shot with an arrow. You're just going to keep going. Beyond, you know, I would have think that, you know, some sort of infection would have set in at this point. Or that, you know, it would have snagged on something and injured itself further. But that's really an incredible story. That this... Yeah, well, you know, when yeah. we've banded uh, birds of prey at Frank Taylor's Blind mm-hmm. up in Minnesota, um, every now and then there'll be a bird that comes in that has been impaled by a branch. I remember right. there was a, oh, yeah. a sharp-shinned hawk. That had one that um, it was through the wing, mm-hmm. kind of near where the wrist would be, mm-hmm. and it was it was quite long, but it was heeled over and crested. And so you have this moment of, well, do we take this bird in to have this surgically removed? Right. But I mean, you could feel around on the bird's chest; it was fat and sassy. Yeah. It had been hunting really well. Um, it could fly no problem because we all watched it fly in and we didn't see anything. Was wrong it, with it was the arrow like a hunter's arrow or was it like a target arrow? What kind of head did it have on it? Um, I can see the head. It's green on the tip. No, I mean, is it like, you know, is it like a hunting arrow head where it's big and designed to like, or is it like just like a little nubby arrow? It looks like a little nubby arrow. Oh, okay. So that may have been somebody who was just shooting like target arrows into the air and accidentally hit it. Why would you shoot a target? I I, I feel like... No, I remember, because I remember when I was a stupid kid who had a bow and arrow. I mean, you shoot at the target for a while and then you think to yourself, I wonder how far I could shoot this. And you put it at a 45 degree angle. You pull it back as far and you let it go and it just flies off into the woods. Looking at the picture of the hawk as it's perched, the arrow clearly went in from behind and it went from... it doesn't look like it went in from the back. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to shoot a hawk at that angle. Yeah. So my my guess is this might have been an accident. It might have been just somebody shot an arrow into the air and it just happened to hit this bird. Ah. And I'm sorry it happened. And I wish they could catch it and remove it and release it. But they, the they bird, might it's still it's catch a it. remarkable story of how how kind of you know animals who live in the wild are really really tough. Yeah. I mean they might they might still catch it. Sure. I mean. I, I would guess that they're probably using a balsha tree. Someone mm. was asked, "How would you even capture that?" Because the arrow is is longer than the hawk, right? You know, and how would you mm-hmm. how would you get it in a net without injuring it? But mm-hmm. there's there are traps you can get. Um, it's kind of like a little basket, mm-hmm. and you put a mouse sure. in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and the mouse kind of runs around, and you leave the basket out there, and then hawks come down and land on. It. And also on the top basket part are all these little nooses. Oh, and uh, you just like fishing lines so that the 
Mm-hmm. Hawk and Dury can't see that. Mm-hmm. And so when they come down to grab at mm-hmm. the mouse inside the basket, right. their toes get caught in the in the line. Mm. Then you run up and, and grab them. And that's that's a fairly... And that's what I imagine that they're using. Well, there was that story in... Uh, I think it was, was it the Once in Future King where one of the birds, they shouldn't have been flying the bird and it gets loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they set up like Merlin. That's like the first entrance of Merlin is he sets up a trap where he like puts a a lariat down and puts like twigs and stuff over and puts a bait in the middle and then they yank it and catch the bird by its feet without hurting it. Oh yeah, like a boat trap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean there there are ways of, of doing it. I would think a balsa tree would probably. No. Anyway, I hope they catch it. I hope so, they can help it. Interesting story. Yeah. Animals. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I love about birds is the utter resilience. I mean, remember that one-legged grackle I used to have coming to the bird feeder mm-hmm. when at the wild bird store and it fed chicks and so like here's this bird with one leg and it's raising yeah. kids. Did you watch that video I posted to your wall about sparrow hawks hunting at bird feeders? Oh, when I saw it, I couldn't watch it, and then I didn't actually watch it. You should watch it. It's only, it's, I'm sure it's nothing new for you in terms of, like, you know, it's basically a BBC nature program, so I'm sure there's nothing groundbreaking that you've never seen before. But what I love about it is it's specifically about sparrow hawks hunting birds at bird feeders, mm-hmm. and they show one taking something like a finch or whatever it is at the feeder and it's just like you see this blur and then there's a puff of feathers remember that time we were watching that cooper's hawk chase that pigeon you weren't there i saw that oh, and okay. described it okay. to you I, you described it so vividly i thought i was there it was a, yeah it was uh some sort of raptor chasing a bunch of pigeons it flew over a build a rooftop and you just saw all the pigeons scatter and like as if someone had just thrown a handful of feathers up into the air <laughs> You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking that time I was watching that Cooper's Hawk that had the pigeon by the building, and mm. it flew, and the pigeon got away for a second, and mm. it went and nailed it right over the street. Mm. It was a poof. Yeah. All right. Do we have any stories about animals that are, haven't been mutilated or horrifically injured? Oh, let's talk about ridiculous uh, duck hunting. Oh, now we're going to get ridiculous. <laughs> so there is a proposal uh, to, uh, change the duck stamp a little bit. Oh, okay. And then require that instead of it just having a a, a duck on it. (laughs) Okay. That it has some non-migratory bird on it. Okay. And duck stamp artists are not happy about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They they call it an aesthetic disaster. (laughs) No. Okay. And, uh, it's like, here's a quote. Birders aren't going to go out and buy a duck stamp because it has a little Oriole on it, said Adam Grimm, an artist in South Dakota who has twice won the fierce annual competition for stamp design. (laughs) For painters trying to create a striking tableau, he said, the proposal is going to open up such a can of worms. (laughs) How long have they been doing the duck stamp competition? 82 years. 82 years, yeah. You're going to start fucking with traditions like that. You're going to upset some people but this is the thing that kills me and yeah. and this kind of goes back to the whole rob mcbroom thing and his uh glittery yeah or you know his artistic his interpretation alternative of the takes his on alternative takes you know it's like all the the artists these days they're do they're they're basically trying to take pictures of right photographs and they're trying to sure. make paintings look like photographs right and and i mean some of them are beautiful but after a while they all kind of look the same. Well, I mean, and I can admire the technique. That's hard work sure. to do that with a paintbrush. Right. Well, I mean, it's also like like I said, you have this tradition established of this is what a duck stamp looks like and people love that and people love doing this and to have this whole sort of milieu and to say, "Okay, we're going to move we're going to move into the impressionistic period now. We're done with portraiture." Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a pushback on that. But I mean, it's but 
history teaches you anything. And it's not like it's, we're, there's a there's an anti movement for every movement. But it's not. And the other thing is like it's not like it's not like it's going to become like this. You know, a Mondrian painting where it's <laughs> like you know, well, this red block here represents the red wing blackbird, and this white block over here represents the water. It's like yeah, it's going to be the same style of painting. It's just going to be birds other than ducks. I would love that if one year we just got. <laughs> duck stamp and it's green and nothing else it's green with like a little splash of red down on it or it's just like an empty container and it's like conceptual it's like the duck stamp is whatever you want it to be but i i do see the duck hunter's point from the from saying like it's not necessarily going to make birders buy it because sure We've birders had are aware yet. of it and oh, yeah. the people who are not buying it are are buying it because it contributes to hunting and right. they want their own stamp and so some of that argument kind of spilled over onto the American Birding Association page it was like why can't we just create you know why can't they they just have a new stamp and I said <laughs> it was like that would literally take an act of Congress. It would take an act of Congress. And it's like but but the staff and everything is already there. You it wouldn't even take any extra money. I was like okay you so have no idea. I know and I was like so you want to have a, a contest at the same time that appeals to a completely different market, has different judges, has right. different standards. This is the organization that requires me to fill out a form once a month when I don't spend money on my credit card. Just to right. make sure that I did not, in fact, spend money on my government credit card. And I have to make sure that my supervisor signs it. Right. I mean... That's the kind of nuttiness that's involved yeah. when you're a government employee. So, of course, they don't have the time or the money to it's, do it with the staff. And I've got. said this before, and I'm going to tread very carefully because the one time I got on trouble in, in trouble on this podcast was when I was talking about the duck stamp. It's like, if birders want to get as politically organized as hunters, they could make this happen. I, I honestly think it would be easier for the American Birding Association to start their own duck stamp contest. Yeah. And I also realize how much work and how hard that would be. Actually, I think the challenge would be is that if they ended up buying the land, hmm. then they would have to be the stewards of it. And that's the other sure. thing with, you know, this money goes to habitat acquisition and maintenance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's complex. It's complex. You would need an organ. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the Nature Conservancy needs to do it. I mean, I like the idea of a, an art contest uh, and stamp that birders could buy for habitat acquisition, but it's it's not going to happen easily with the federal government. This is the only federally sponsored art contest in the United States. Right. And again, it literally took an act of Congress. Yeah. No, and I... And I... <laughs> And especially when you have an entrenched group of artists who are, you know, this is their style. This is what they like. This is what they are invested in. I really want to see that duck stamp documentary that that came out, The Million Dollar Duck, that's based on the book and just based on the insanity that that happens around the duck stamp contest. Oh, sure. But no, it just fascinates me, though, that artists are just so entrenched in their ways. It's like... But art is supposed to change and be different. No, and... not always. I mean, I mean, there's always this. I mean, obviously, you get artists like Picasso who like evolved and all this stuff. But no, there's tons of stories of artists who like couldn't change. It's like this, this was their style. But art itself is supposed to. So even sure. though this is the style to make, well, I'm sure there were some. Like I am sure there are some people who would argue that, that like the duck stamp paintings are not art. That they're. You know, I knew an artist that used to call them or... art deco. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, I know the exact style and of also, artwork yeah. that you mean. And I mean, it's also, it's a competition, and you're talking about changing the rules of a competition. It's like, okay, we're going to change the rules of baseball now, and uh, you can have two bats if you want to. Or you can have a gigantic, you can have a, you can bring a tennis racket out there if you want to. 
it's a competition. Yeah, it is a it is a it is art, but it is also a competition, and there are rules. I know, but you know, yeah. adding a red winged blackbird apparently is. Right. It's, I feel like I need to do the Joker, but you tell people add a red winged blackbird, and everybody loses their minds. Yeah. <laughs> Someone suggested uh, on the Facebook page that uh, what they need to have happen is just have a bald eagle carrying off a dead duck. Oh. <laughs> Anywho. Excellent. All right. Duck hunters be crazy. No, duck hunters are not crazy. Oh, why not Birders, duck hunters? The bird watchers are crazy. Duck stamp artists. Duck art- well, I, I will grant you very much. The I don't know about the Hotman brothers. They always seem really nice whenever I talk to one of them. But, right. uh, but some of the other... One of the people who went the most nuts on my Facebook page was a duck stamp artist. Sure. So, all right. Speaking of people being crazy, I got in a Twitter war. Of course you did. So, apparently there is a CW show in Austin, Texas called ATX Uncensored. Okay. And they did a segment on the Great Texas Birding Classic. Right, which is a bird watching thing. It's kind of like a the World Series of Birding, but it happens in Texas. It's a fundraiser for conservation. Sure. And they interviewed Shelley Plant for it, and she linked to it on on Facebook, and she's like, "Well, I guess all publicity is good publicity." Right. And I watched the segment, and it's titled "The Most Boring Tournament." And essentially, what they did was they took a, a new segment that she did talking about right. the Texas Birding Classic, and then. They tried to edit it like they thought they were The Daily Show or something, and they just made it look like they just, they made fun of her. They didn't laugh with her. Sure. They, and I was and I was angry because it's not like Shelly does a lot of TV. Right. And Shelly is a wonderful woman, and she does a lot yeah. for her community. She raises a lot of money for Texas birding. The Texas birding classic is a lot of fun if you're into doing big days. Right. And I got, I got a little angry, and I went on the Twitters. Yep. <laughs> I said something to the effect of, you know, seeing the same tired jokes by ATX Uncensored and the guy, I think his name's Brian Gar, and it's like <laughs> I said, that dick chop can suck it. Good. Good one. <laughs> First of all, the most boring tournament uh is not bird watching. It is anything to do with baseball. I think that everyone uh recognizes that baseball. Oh is man, in- you're gonna make Robert Redford is, cry. It's incredibly boring. Uh, to watch. That's why it's called the National Pastime. <laughs> uh, and second of all, I'm glad that uh, that you are introducing swearing into, into birding fights. I'm glad you, you got a beef going. Well, then they did a segment about me. <laughs> oh, sure. Because apparently they were surprised that a bird watcher would get angry and swear. And the best part was they showed my tweet on the TV show when mm-hmm. I watched this segment. Oh, sure. And something called ATX Uncensored. Mm-hmm. Censored Dick Chop. <laughs> Actually, all you saw was. Well, you're not from you're not from Austin, so they that, can't censor that, you. That blank chop can suck it. Sure. And, and it was like, what 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 was the chop? What was? <laughs> I don't even know what dick chop means, other than you're talking I, about chopping a dick off. I don't. I heard it on a podcast. I cannot remember. Sure, I did okay. not invent the word. Because dick chop to me is like what Degeneration X used to do when they would like walk in. No, that to, was suck it. Yeah, they used but to that do the was, suck it. But it was thing. a yeah, but it was a chopping motion towards the genitals. <laughs> So. I always thought it was an X towards the genitals. Well, yeah, it is, but I'm saying... Because I thought that was like their thing, was they were degeneration I'm X. I'm saying I can't even... Was... I don't know what a dick chop is. It's like when I heard somebody... It was like I was reading a political post and they referred to somebody as a hoof-wanking bungle cunt. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but it's hilarious. Oh, that's got to be British because you can't <laughs> yes. say that word over here. <laughs> Great, Bill. Now you're going to really get me in trouble. Bill's the one who said that word, not me. <sighs> I'll say it all the time in person. I don't know if I can say that word on the podcast yet. (laughs) 
So, okay, so how did the beef play out? Uh, he, uh, well, they were, they were surprised. And then they made a joke about how, I wonder if she's bird chick all over social media. And I was like, I am. Yeah. And then they said, even on Snapchat. And I was like, oh, that would actually be funny if I was. Anyway. Sure. Um, then they did a segment of, um, one of their, their crew going out on the roof to watch a bird. Mm-hmm. They found a pigeon and then he sure. fell asleep. Oh. It was actually a funnier segment than, okay, than the first one, but... And he was really nice about it on Twitter and said, if I ever want to come talk about birds in Austin, Texas, they would, right. they would talk about birds. But Look, nobody makes fun of bird watching or thinks that bird watching is a bigger waste of time than I am. But I would not do a, a segment about it, about something somebody is actually organizing being boring. Yeah, I would. I, I was like, couldn't you just have Chili on and say, we're going to do this and just kind of laugh with us. And, and, then and I don't think say, it's boring. I think you're all insane. Yeah, we're definitely insane. And the Great Texas Birding Classic. I mean, last year I was the safety car for Clay when he was doing it by bike. Mm. It was, oh, yeah. I remember being a little worried there for a little bit. It's like, it's really hot, and he's biking, and it's sunny. and mm. But, yeah. So, if you are, if you, uh, I'll link to the, the first segment. If you are as outraged as I am, give some money to the Great Texas Birding Classic. Consider organizing a team or um, send tweets to uh, at Brian Gar about how exciting bird watching is. <laughs> All right, next story. I'm just not used to people arguing back on Twitter. Sometimes I kind of think Twitter is a vacuum, and you can just throw stuff out there, and then every now and then somebody <laughs> throws it back. It's kind of like the podcast. I think, you know, like when someone sends a feedback, I'm like, about swearing. It's like, sure. oh, I just I just kind of, that goes out in a vacuum, and I never think about it again. Or someone will ask a question about oh, yeah, a podcast totally. from like two years ago, and it's like, I have yeah, no idea what you're talking I don't about. Know yeah. what you're talking and about. And I'm not going to go back to check. No, I'm not. I'm, so, all my opinions are temporary and can change <laughs> at any point in time. All right, so finally, let's talk about, oh, I'm going to link to something. Um, there was an incredible birding fallout that happened uh, at a lighthouse. Now, when you say birding fallout, you don't mean another Twitter war. You mean, like, the birds stop no nuclear fall yeah those... yeah they're little birds mushroom cloud oh like birdemic over. shock birdemic. and terror yeah that's it exactly <clears throat> um and i think i linked to these in the blog uh when this happened in 2011 but they re-showed up on the naturalist notebook website okay. uh with a little more information from the lighthouse keeper who sees this phenomena on a regular mm-hmm. basis although he talks about how when he sees this he usually doesn't see the variety of birds that you're going to see uh in these photos it's usually you know one or two species sure. This is just a smorgasbord of birds. I mean, you're looking at it, and it's like black-throated blue, common yellow-throat, American red star, perula. All right. Is it possible this guy just wasn't paying attention before? No, I mean, this is just something. So if you look at the island, it's um, kind of on the border with... uh, The island actually looks like it's closer to Maine than it is Canada, but I think it's actually owned by Canada. And so these birds are just... they're they're on. So you're saying we should go to war with Canada over this disputed island? No, I, I would love to hang out on the island. But he was talking about, he says, says my pictures aren't great because mm-hmm. when this happens, we leave the birds alone. Because sure. yeah. it's usually because of a storm or mm-hmm. fog. They're exhausted. They're just mm-hmm. there to eat all the bugs on the island that they can. We have to close the windows or mm-hmm. they get all over inside the lighthouse. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's insanity. I mean, I'll, I'll just show you a picture right here. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's just one it's picture. Like Easter Sunday. It is. And, it's, and I was looking at that. And if it's dark on the lighthouse... Mm-hmm. I would be afraid to walk because you could step on something. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's just insane. The, the, Do they have bird feeders there? 
No, these are insect-eating birds, oh. so it wouldn't matter anyway. Oh. But, I mean, it's a lighthouse. It's going to sure. attract bugs. And he said, you know, and there, there are pictures of them eating moths. But what really cracks me up is, like, you're seeing all these colorful birds, and then you'll see, like, a, a sparrow mixed in among them. Wow. Like some little Lincoln that is, sparrow. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to go visit there. Okay, let's go. Go hang out on a lighthouse. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it happens all the time. But, yeah, and there's a picture of one eating a moth. So. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right, anything else? Um, I don't think so. I thought I had more fun stuff, but... It's all depressing? No, it's not all depressing. It's, I think, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. Did yeah. you have something non-birding related you wanted to recommend? Do I, no, you recommend the, uh, oh, I did this, I didn't do our segments this time, did I? I didn't no, do didn't. a job, I no. didn't do, yeah. You suck. I do suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up then. This is Bird Chick Podcast number 207. We'll be back if Sharon remembers we do a podcast next time. Uh, if you have any questions, you can email her. She is Sharon at birdchick.com. You can talk to her on Twitter where she is at birdchick. And you can find her on the Faces books. Did you want to recommend anything? No, I have some stuff I can recommend, but I can wait until later. No, recommend it. No, it's fine. It's not anything great. It's just it's a game. It's a video game I was playing recently. Uh, not birding related at all. It's called Party Hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a uh, sort of a dark indie game where uh, it is a stealth assassination game where you are attempting to kill everyone at a party without being arrested. And the reason you're doing this is uh, they are keeping you awake. (laughs) This video game is based on me. It is based on you. (laughs) Uh, Fun, kind of a dark game. If you ever played, um, oh, what was the name of that game? Uh, Hotline Miami. It's a lot like that. Um, but, uh, so that's my rec- my non-birding recommendation. Oh, I, I'm gonna, here's my birding recommendation. Okay. Instagram. <laughs> well, this is a real hot take from Sharon. Yeah, no, 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 no. more about this Instagram? If you are someone out there who's getting a lot of pictures of birds. Sure. Quit putting them on the birding Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. Put them on Instagram. Instagram is meant just for you. You will get all the likes. Sure. You will get all the... People will legit put clapping icons underneath your photos. <laughs> and smiley faces. Now, you have to reciprocate and do that to other people's birding photos. But you can use things like hashtag birding. You could, like, if you have a that bazillion cardinal photos, mm-hmm. you could post that cardinal photo and then hashtag it cardinals of Instagram. Okay. Cardinalgram. Anyway, if you feel like you've been treated unfairly by your local birding Facebook page, or if you heard someone who said, oh, my local birding Facebook page got mad at me for posting photos, introduce them to Instagram. They All will right. love it. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be back later. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye.